Today on Talk is Okalo NHL Midseason Recap. I have a brand new guest, another good hockey knowledge guy to come on to the show. Uh, unfortunately, Chris could not be a part of the show, but I wanted to give him a shout out uh, for his continuous training in the U.S. Army. And hopefully we'll have him back on um, at some point soon to discuss maybe more the Stanley Cup playoffs or a wrap-up. Just a reminder, guys, to make sure to follow me at Talk is Okalo and uh, also on Instagram at only underscore Okalo. If there are any questions, anything that you have with the show, make sure to email me as well at okalo54 at gmail.com. And lastly, before we start today's pod, I just wanted to, of course, give a huge shout-out and, of course, uh, my condolences to uh, the Lindsay family for Hockey Hall of Famer, Detroit Red Wing great Ted Lindsay, who passed away this past week um, due to natural causes. Uh, wonderful man in hockey, definitely an inspiration, one of the best top 100 players of all time to ever lace him up on the ice and uh, surely his presence in the hockey community and all that he meant to the game and towards the growth of the NHL he will be missed for sure and nothing but my thoughts to his extended family and of course to the Red Wings and for the rest of the hockey community losing a wonderful man. Otherwise than that enjoy the pod everybody look forward to more episodes on the way. Remember, we're starting a new schedule Tuesday and Friday, so be on the lookout for a Tuesday episode and Friday episode with the Okies on board. Enjoy the pod. Hello, my Okalo holics, and welcome to the Friday edition of Talk Is Okalo NHL. Season first half recap, and it'll all look to the second half of the season. Uh, me and my guests today are going to discuss all the craziness to the first half of the season towards the final stretch of the NHL playoff push, which we're only just a month away, people, from the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, well, it's time to look back at once upon a time what me and Chris did on this show, uh, talking all the things from the jerseys to seeing some of the games, some of the players that could make big expectations, and some of the teams that are where they're supposed to be and some teams that where they're not. But before we start any of the conversation, I first have to give each and every one of you guys a huge shout out. My podcast officially, uh, as I last checked, has ranked over a thousand plays all time. And even though it took so long and so ever through stuff that I was going through and all the craziness. I just have to thank you guys for tuning in episode in and episode out, bearing with me with the scheduling changes. But March Madness March starts with Talk is Okalo, and we are going to begin this new month right with our bi weekly episodes. As I posted on Wednesday with my NBA season mid season recap with Tor and a little bit aside from Stefan. And don't worry, folks, we got plenty of more episodes coming on the way, and we got plenty of more stuff that's coming ahead with videos and even little articles that I'm working with Jared at Based in Fact. So just stay tuned. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Talk is Okalo. And now let's start the show because today I'm going to switch it up on my NHL midseason recap. My guest today is a colleague of mine who I work with um, at the Observer at the Broward College newspaper, the school that I currently attend. And he heard my show. He loved it. He wanted to be a part of some hockey talk. Um, unfortunately, Chris could not attend 
with us, but uh, he's in here with us in spirit. Chris, uh, I hope you're listening, man. And, you know, maybe we'll try to get you back on at the end of the season, chime in on some stuff. But at least my dude is here to help uh, with with all of the stuff that we're going to talk about um, from this past season so far, and then hopefully a little outlook into the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So without the long introduction out of the way, let me introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, to my guest today, Elliot. Elliot, thank you so much for taking your time, and welcome to the Ozone. How you feeling, man? I'm pretty good, man. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much, man. No, not a problem, Elliot. Well, we got so much to discuss today uh, from the NHL um, season so far. And, uh, well, with what a better way than to recap some of the first half moments. Some of the crazy things went down during the season. We had some of my favorite moments, such as the 6-3 thromping that the Leafs had to the Capitals. I had um, opening night when me and Chris did our show from watching the Capitals Stanley Cup Championship banner to the amazing overtime spectacular of Sharks Ducks in OT. And we got to see even more fun moments like Joe Thornton scoring his first hat trick in eight years against his former team, the Boston Bruins, and so much more. So, Elliot, I have to say, out of some of the magical moments I've listed so far, you know, is there anything that so far this first half of the season has grabbed your attention? Stadium series, Jerome McGinley's retirement of his of his number for the Calgary Flames, any teams, is there any moment that just made you say, wow, so far this season? Um, part of another spectacular NHL um, turning point in the season. Yeah, um, like all the things you said, it's pretty good. But um, one thing that I uh, that I want to mention was that early in the season, um, the Buffalo Sabres had a pretty excellent start. They yes, were they really did. good. And yeah. right now they're not sending well. As you look at the uh, Eastern Conference, they're still – fifth in the Atlantic division, mm-hmm. but um, you never know. They can pull some strings. They have a really good goaltender right now, um, but you never know. Things could shape up. I'm really hoping that the Sabres come back and win because uh, I'm uh, – being a Florida Panther fan, it's really, really hard um, when you start off really great and then you dive right back down. So seeing the Sabres um, – um, Resurgence. yeah, that's a good word for it, coming back. Um, um um, and that's awesome to mention um, with John Tavares going to the Maple Leaves. Um, I'm really excited with them because the Maple Leaves, with the addition of Austin Matthews, who was like his first game had four goals. Mm-hmm. A little throwback. And that's that's amazing. And that shows that he's got talent. And so to have that in the mix, it's kind of like when you, you said um, before we started the podcast, you said that he's more of um, when John Tavares – left his team it was more like a LeBron situation when he left from to go from the Cavaliers to the Heat um but for me personally I I um I think it was just interesting how because it's it looked for me it's kind of like when John, John Tavares went to uh, John Tavares when Kem Durant went to the Warriors because uh you know Islander fans have loved him but now they hate him as much and now the Thunder <laughs> hate Kem Durant but um but um, but then he's back with the super team, and so because the Maple Leafs are not stacked, and um, they're got some holes to fix. But you think so? No, no, absolutely. Look, uh, I'll say it like this: first off, with the John Tavares situation, because uh, w- with you related to Kevin Durant, I kind of feel it because um, last week the, when John Tavares went home 
to play the Islanders, I believe at the Coliseum at Uniondale. Right. Um, man, just the icy reception that he received, you know, and I remember Sean Avery uh, posted on his Instagram, you know, telling Islander fans to shut the yeah. bleep up. Yeah. That, yeah. No, it was crazy because look, I, I honestly feel for Islanders fans. Uh, a little bit because, you know, my heart kind of extends because, you know, they played in Brooklyn. I used to live in Brooklyn. But it's just, you know, for, for a guy that, you know, gave his heart and soul, he at least gave some Islander fans hope, at least during through those dormant times. They've been through a lot from their four um, uh, Cup Dynasty runs. And, you know, from bad ownership and everything, I can understand their sentiment, you know, because they because this year they've been really dominant. Barry Trotz coming over as head coach. What an amazing job he's done. He's He made Robin Leonard a phenomenal goaltender, yeah. a contender for the Vesna, a guy that once upon a time that I thought was a scrub that should that should go back into the into the AHL, but he's a contender for the Vesna trophy. Yeah. And you know, I like like Matthew Barzell and um John Bellevue, you know, and they and they really have a lot of good core depth pieces and you know, I was like, Trotz could really make something. He has this team first place in the Metropolitan Division, a division that I thought this year would either belong to the Capitals or belong to the Penguins, because that's the usual predictor of the two that you that you would usually normally um, simulate with. But, um, yeah, but, you know, John Tavares coming over with the Leafs and adding in the young core death. I was happy, though, that William Nylander was finally able to get a deal done. Yeah most importantly because you know that that really affected to me how this thing go now William Nylander's been cold I think you know holding out you know I always talk about how holding out you know in sports to get that new deal it sometimes hurts in the long run especially with how you play are you going to live up to the numbers and contract it's a bad year but you know in terms of the Leafs positioning like I still think that we have a lot of things that we got to work on, um, you know, offensive-wise with the puck. You know, are, are we still a, a great team? Or Of course we are. Our defense, I think, could use a little improvement. I'm happy, though, with the addition of Jake Muzzin from the Kings because I think that's a good enough defenseman that I felt that we've long needed. You know, not to disrespect Jake Gardner and Morgan Riley, but they're more offensive defensemen. You know, we're looking for tough, greedy defensemen. I'm looking for something like a Drew Doughty, a P.K. Subban, if you will, you know, more of a hard bros, maybe a little Zdeno Chara-ish, but at the same time, able to get those things done. But I like the Leafs so far this year. They, they've they done nothing less than my expectations, just as long as uh, we get those extra three points ahead of the Boston Bruins, because we have a better record than them technically, even though the Bruins have been on a four-game win streak. Uh, but I just care about beating them in the playoffs, most importantly, and getting home ice advantage. And that's what I hope for, Sue. And like that, uh, like you said with the Boston Bruins, um, their their overtime wins are uh, beating you guys by five. And that's something that makes or breaks a team, in my opinion. Um, the overtime wins or losses, excuse me, sorry, losses, um, my mistake. The losses really, really um, make or break a team um, because – my Florida Panthers, I'm going to be a little biased, but um, shout out to South Florida Love. Um, we got to give it to them on this show. It's <laughs> it's really hard to um, – it, it's because all we – that's because every time the Panthers go and they cannot – they when they're hungry for something, they get really tired by overtime. And they always just – it's that one little – 
mistake? Like, will it be like a power play goal or will it be something like something minor, an injury or something? Will um, not get us the two points that we need. We need the one point. And that's and that sucks. So with that being said, with the Boston Bruins, um, they've um, yeah, because they both because the Bruins, as I look at now in the NHL app, um, the Bruins and the Toronto have. Just a few points apart. Yeah, it's it's pretty close, and I would love to see um, I would love to see a match about them because, but the Bruins have they get. I think since the the franchise has been existent, they've just been a tough, tough franchise. It's usually, what they usually do: blow blue collar type physical right. play, great offensive uh, machine. You know, of course, they they have their big line of Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak. Um, you know, they're the most lethal line in hockey outside of what Austin Matthews and John Tavares and, and company cook up. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and we just got to stick to it, man, for it. But, I mean, this season, though, I mean, compared to some of my uh, first-half predictions, which I predicted hopefully uh, usurp between the, the Predators and the Jets, I will say I've been meaning to talk about this on my show for a long, long time about how the St. Louis Blues have gotten to where they were. Now, when they fired Mike Yo, I was kind of sort of elated because I didn't know if he was the right coach personally to take the Blues over the top. He's not really known for really um, fixing up really anything, not really known for any big numbers in terms of his coaching style. And the Blues were, once upon a time, last place in their division. You know, and this rebound that they've had, they found good goaltending in Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen, you know, playing in that usurp role. They finally have the cohesion, Patrick Maroon, Ryan O'Reilly, Tyler Bozak. They're huge free agents that they got in the offseason that I felt could make this team a cup contender. You know, like Joel Edmonds had said, I knew when he said it, it was kind of risky, but I had to see more of the, co- the the chemistry with their line and so on and so forth. You have a great skilled player in Vladimir Tarasenko. You have guys like Yori Latera, you know, um, and once upon a time, I really felt like this was the end. I was like, man, is this team even going to make the playoffs? Because I remember at one point at a practice um, that was recorded when Robert Bortuzzo fought Yori Latera. Uh, or, or I think it was Robbie Fabry, um, please excuse me. But yeah, they fought each other, and I was like, man, this team, I don't know. But they found a way back. They're they're clawing back in, um, avoiding that wild card spot. I was expecting them to get the third overall um, seed within the Central Division. Um, and honestly, if they, they've been playing spot on. They just got to keep it up. I will say this, even at having Craig Berube as head coach, because he's done this before. Because when the Flyers fired Peter Laviolette way back when, uh, five years ago, Barube came in and took this Flyers team to the playoffs right around the same position that the Blues are in right now. So I'm honestly not surprised by that. Once A couple teams I'm surprised about. Number one, I'll say the Calgary Flames. I did not expect yeah. the yeah. jump that, that this team has made this year. I mean, adding in James Neal, um, you know, when, when they got some of – um, their guys um, during during the um, offseason, you know, and, you know, already talented with Sean Monahan, Matthew Kachuk. You know, you obviously got Johnny Hockey and Johnny Gaudreau, and then you got Noah Hannafin, Mark Giordano, who's having an excellent um, year, a candidate for the Norris Trophy, you know, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund. You know, I was like, no, 
where did this Calgary team and Bill Peters as their head coach and the failure that he was in in Carolina? We'll get to the Canes in the moment, but you know Calgary went from you know a team that nobody really had any expectation for. They were first place in the Pacific Division, a division I thought San Jose or Vegas would have. Vegas has less points this year than what they than what they had last year around this time of year. Cause yeah, no, cause Vegas, I loved Vegas. Um, I, again, back to personal bias, I loved Vegas, um, ever since it started because, um, uh, when the team started, um, they got two or three of, um, one of the most underrated players in the Panther franchise. They got Jonathan Marchessault, they got, um, uh, Riley Smith right. and the third one escapes me. Um, they had another guy, um, what's his name? Anyway, they had those two. Oh, I'm thinking of um, Gerald Gallant, the coach. Gerald Gallant, of who course, was your head coach, who was, was exiled a f- unfairly, unjustly. I agree. It was a dumb. It, it, it was a dumb move yeah. to fire him as head coach, and I didn't know why. I don't know if it was arguments with 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 management and those kind of things, but you know, just to think how those three Panthers have made Vegas now into the super team that the Panthers could have had yeah. if just time and patience. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It was because um, the first year, you know, that was when Yager came in. We had Yager. We had a, a set team. We had Yager. We had Luongo. We had Ekblad. We had um, Jonathan Huberdo, Bukestad, who's sadly not with us anymore. He, <laughs> he's with he's with Pittsburgh. Right. And everyone's going to Pittsburgh now. I'm so <laughs> mad, man. I'm sick of Pittsburgh. Uh, hey, man. Ease hey, up. I'm a little bit of a Pittsburgh Penguins fan now. Come on. And, and I know it stung this past week that we beat you guys in overtime. Uh, <laughs> Crosby scored his 1,200th point against Panthers. Wait, 1,200? Panthers, listen, I love y'all, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do better, man. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are my favorite team. I live like five minutes away from you, but we need to figure out something quick because um, no, again, no, with with the um, it was the 2016 playoffs. I was there game one. It was against the Islanders, right? And I personally hate the Islanders. I think they have the worst fan base ever. I yeah, no, they do because Elliot, Elliot, you gotta chill, man. You got you gotta oh, chill. I, I'm a little bit of a Brooklyn. Man, you gotta no, gotta the, ease I get, up. I get the Brooklyn part. Like I get I get that part. It's just again, my mother was a Ranger fan. Oh, so, oh yeah. Uh, I I, cur- I curse your mother for 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 that. And of course, Chris already knows I do not like the Rangers. Why do you not like the Rangers? Man, they they have this sort of arrogance to them um, as a as a Broadway blue shirt team, man. And honestly, I like, I, honestly, when I was a kid, I went to Madison Square Garden and, oh, okay. you know, I, I had a little fun at a Rangers game one time, but I don't know. There's just something about the team that just ma- makes me a miss. Do you remember what team they played against? You know, honestly, I was a kid at, at the time. I think it was either they were playing, I think, Dallas or some other team like that. Okay. So, honestly, I was like two, okay. probably what I remember. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I get never. That, I get that arrogance. No, and I'm, I'm not um, – I'm not saying that the Ranger fans are uh, compassionate people, but um, no, I am um, because I. But it's it's. But they are passionate though, and it's really. Um, oh, they have a great fan base. They do, and they they do, and you can't beat that. I actually went um, back. Um, I think I forgot what year it was. 2015, 16. It was when the Lightning and the Rangers were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, 20, 2015. 2015. 
So, and I went there with my mom, my dad. We went with the, um, it was in Lightning. I think it was game five. Game five? Game four or five. It was when we, I think we tied it or we were in the lead, but we obviously lost. Um, and that was when Lightning went to go against the Blackhawks. And the Blackhawks won their fourth or fifth title. It was their third Stanley Cup oh, title. The third. It was their third and sixth. It's, it's, it's good. It's okay. Good. It's all good. But, it's um, all love here on this show. <laughs> but um, I forgot I was, ta- I was talking about the Panthers, but now I'm talking about Tampa, Tampa, Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay. leading team in the Eastern Conference. And might I say this year, Nikita Kucherov. Um, yeah, MVP. Honestly, oh, yeah. you think you think of the team being led by Steven Stamkos, but guys like Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point, well, he, and and then Andre Vasilevsky in net. Oh my God! And I really started to fear for this team when Steve Eiserman walked out the building. But this team has has left the engine on, and Steve just said, "I gave you the keys. Now run. Now run this Ferrari." Because now that you said that. Um, to bring back the the uh, to bring back the Rangers, they got a lot of key Rangers that used to play for them. They had well, they, they had Ryan Callahan. They had um, uh, JT didn't JT Miller? JT he, Miller he was Dan on Girardi. there. Dan Gir- holy shit! I can't, <laughs> McDonough. <laughs> McDonough, right? The, He's the, cap, the captain of the Rangers. The, they've always made these trades. Five years ago, even do you remember when Ryan Callahan was traded for Martin San Luis? Yep. The, the, that was the first ever captain exchange in NHL history. A captain for a really? captain. Oh, I didn't know that. Captain for a captain. I, I was like, I was like, what? They traded away their their franchise in Marty San Luis. And how, how ironic is it that Marty went to the finals um, the year he went to the Rangers, and yeah. then and then his Tampa squad that he once upon a time led, they went to the cup um, the the cup finals. So it, I, it's been crazy. I for hate them. to say that that's a pretty good trade. Like if I were to compare it to anyone, it'd probably be like Demar Derozan with. Kawhi Leonard because both of them were like franchises that based around them and now they twisted it. Like Kawhi Leonard was a right would be I would kind of compare him to Martin St. Louis, got him one ring and was their finals MVP. And then DeMar DeRozan and uh Ryan Callahan. No, not Ryan Callahan, um uh, Oh no, it was Ryan Kyle Lowry. Kyle No 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 um no, it was the board. It was the board. I was right. Uh, my <laughs> no, bad my bad. Yeah, no, Kyle Lowry's team. Oh, it's okay. Na- There's too many names to remember. <laughs> and we all know, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, right, right, right. It, but it's um, but it's um, no, but it's it's really funny because the only time I can really think of that was when PK Subban got traded for um, Shea Weber. Right, which that was huge. Right. I which because nobody expect nobody expected PK Subban to get traded. I was like, they trying to wait PK Subban. Yeah. For, for for why and for what and you know for Shea Weber especially you know not to say Shea Weber is a bad defenseman he's one of the top defensemen in the league but he's older now and you know injuries are starting to catch up to him he's not he's not the same as he once was during those early Nashville years so just a big difference and now look at where PK is with the Predators it's pretty it's pretty they got Roman yeah. Yossi as their defenseman, Victor Arvinson, you know, Ryan Ellis, a great yeah. scrappy defenseman as he is. And this team's run by defensemen, honestly, this Nashville team. And I hate to say it though, sometimes the best teams in sports in general, you need a good defense better than the best offense. The best defense is the best offense. It's it's it goes without saying. Defense wins championships and yeah. offense just um um seals the game for you. Yeah. So that's just basically it. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, honestly, we're off to a rocking start here. Odd Talk is okay, low Man, man, Elliot, we've already turned up the dial with um, a lot of things. But we're going to get into some more fun um, conversations coming up soon. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, the NHL trade deadline. Who bulked up? Who do you think 
really was the best team overall to get the right players and who has the cup advantage. And we'll talk even more uh, season stories, upcoming things for the second half, and so many more. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back on a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit about the All-Star game from way back when. And yeah, man, I can't wait for more conversation. Talk is okay, Lo. We'll be right back. You know, with uh, this past NBA All-Star game, you know, I was thinking, man, you know, the Pro Bowl wasn't as flashy as it always is. But, you know, I remember doing an Instagram poll way back when. By the way, you should follow me at only underscore OKLO. I keep changing my IG name, but please apologize, people. I'm just trying to get my identity a little bit out there. Be patient. But I, man, I remember doing my poll and a lot of people were saying that they would watch the Pro Bowl in the NHL All-Star game. And honestly, though, Elliot, I don't know what people are missing honestly or why they would miss out on the NHL All-Star again. Um, it was a fun event this year. You get to see so many uh, amazing skills competitions yeah. and challenges. It's to me one of the most fun events out there that like you can you can enjoy and this past year didn't disappoint. We had uh, Connie Schoenfeld um, from the USA women's team competed in the um, fast skate competition. Yeah. Oh my God, Elliot. She she almost skated as fast as Connor McDavid. You know, and I was like, man, like you gotta you gotta be honest, man. Yeah. Like that was pretty awesome, honestly, with 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 what she did, and then of course with the with the phenomenalness of the competition, Henrik Lundqvist making all those amazing saves um, in the in the um, goalie challenge. That was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, what what um, was there any event that you really liked about All Star Weekend, um, or, or, or just overall the game maybe? Uh, before we get into that, uh, to answer your question about the Pro Bowl versus the NHL All Star Game. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had a problem with the Pro Bowl. I've never watched the game. I just had a problem of the timing of it. Mm. Why? I don't the really... week before the Super Bowl? Yeah. They used to have it at one point where it was after the Super Bowl. Which, um, I don't know why they can't do that. Cause... Um, you know, I think it just adds build-up and flare-up to the game. I think, especially with competitions and ratings. There's, okay. there's a lot of factors, I think, to why they would change it. I'm not... You know, they've, they've tried over the years to try to, you know, fix the format. Most of, like, the leagues have been trying to fix their All-Star Game formats. I mean, this year with the NBA All-Star Game with Team Giannis and Team LeBron, we got a phenomenal yeah. game that was. We saw the Seth Curry. Um, Bounce uh, pass. Yeah, yeah Steph from Curry the, from, oh, from Giannis. And then, you know, the dunk contest. I don't care what anybody says. You can give them five, six attempts. The, the dunks are still amazing, and there's still plenty more yet uh, to see. But, you know, this NHL All-Star skill, um, Skills Competition, yeah. it doesn't get no better than that. As much as I love, like, NBA All-Star Game Competition and, like, the slam dunk and the three-point contest, yeah. you know, you have the hardest shot challenge. You have the fastest skater um, contest, the skills and accuracy contest. Like, it doesn't get any better to me than, than that. And then, of course, come game time, how amazing Sidney Crosby was again. And I know it adds to the more pain of a Pittsburgh Penguin, but it's okay because you weren't in the loan because uh, Sharks fans, after he won, booed him on the ice for his amazing performance. But then again, he did beat the Sharks in the Stanley Cup Finals, so it it does add into that. But, man, what did you think, All-Star Weekend just in general? It's always fun. Um, NHL has, um, to me, they're like, this is probably the 
honestly only, but I think it's the most underrated on NHL All-Star mm -hmm. weekend because it's always um, different but the same. It's it's like a different experience every time because you go into a new city every year. And exactly. the whole city this year, San Jose. Can I just say what a wonderful crowd San Jose oh, yeah. was? You know, I remember last year when I when I probably should have gone. Um, to the All-Star Game in Tampa because I was like, huh, it was just a few-hour drive. I probably should have gone to that thing, yes. you know, But and I see what I was missing. Interestingly enough, the jerseys had me also interested. They made them out of recycled and used materials um, oh. and, and really, like, made it green ever. Of course, you know, San Jose, California being one of the most green cities in the world, right. it, it, it really just added a lot of flair to it. San Jose, I think, treated the NHL like if it's its own, yeah. I mean, San Jose really has come to embrace the Sharks, even though it's experienced a lot of heartbreak in the playoffs. Maybe this year might be their year to turn around. And, but. and I hope so, because um, San Jose is one of those teams that uh, need a cup quickly. They, they, this they are, is, this they is their last chance this year, honestly. Do you, you think so? Oh, oh, no doubt, because of their because of their core. You, you, I mean, Joe Thornton's on a one-year deal this year. This is, oh, really? I okay. think this is it for him. Yeah. You know, this is... This is, I think, the best team on paper, yeah. you know, to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They've added it from piece-to-piece -piece years from from when they went back to the playoffs the year after the loss of the Cup. They lost to the Oilers, and then yeah. they beat the Ducks, and they couldn't get over the hump of Vegas. But, you know, they still got Hurdle, Couture. You know, Evander Kane really starting to show up, man. And I don't know. They got the pieces. I, I, I feel like it's just uh, injuries is definitely one thing. Inconsistency. Um, and can see, yeah, that's another good thing too. They, they got to work on their power play numbers, their penalty kill. Um, they they need to switch up with their P PK numbers because you know as the Sharks are good against goals um, for their goals against is not that not that pretty impressive. I'm actually looking on the magical laptop right now just to relive it while we're talking All Star game. Yeah, so like they have a decent of enough goal differential between 238 and 206, but. Compared to a team like Calgary, who has a 42 differential um, goal um, goals against average, and then Tampa Bay, I mean 80, yeah. 87 and you know 42, the top two in the league. Tampa Bay, especially 87 goals um, goal differential between for and against. Their defense, man. No, like, like San Jose's got to buckle down those numbers, especially when you got to face Vegas in the first round again. Yeah. And you don't know what they could do. Maybe you're more prepared for them this time. Right. But you got to be able to see. At the end of the day, um, it's whoever's hungry is, is really what makes or breaks it. Well, well let's, save our, let's save our hunger talk just for a minute because, man, I feel like we've been giving out just a mini spoiler of, of things to come. But uh, just to, to wrap up this segment, All-Star Weekend uh, – Tell all the Okaloholics or maybe all the people who did not watch the NHL All-Star game maybe to be convinced next year to watch it when it's in St. Louis. Oh, is it in St. Louis? Yes, it is. That's uh, an interesting they, What's what's What would be a, a thing that you would say to somebody to try to get them invested in, in going to watch the NHL All-Star game? Like, how, like, like I, what, what if you say, hey, man, like, man, I don't know, the Pro Bowl sucks this year, but, man... Man, like, I, like, like, you're like, dude, come on, you should watch the NHL All Star game, and your dude looks like you, like, NHL All Star game, like, mm -hmm. like, what's so good about All Star Weekend? Right. What What would you say to somebody to try I to would, convince them? I would probably just 
Um, I wouldn't let them do the skills competition. I would skip that. Really? I, I, yeah, because I would feel like that's more of like, okay, if you've been a fan for a long time. Like if you're entering like the NBA All-Star Game, as fun as like the dunk contest right. is and the skills competition. That That's different because I feel like that's because that's because in NHL, because it's easy to get in the NBA. It's because anybody can go play a game of basketball right now. Two on two. Game. Yeah, just get a just get a hoop and, and a ball, you all set. And then sneakers and you're all set. Right. Hockey takes um takes uh, a sheet of ice or maybe a, a surface of some sort. You need a lot of equipment and you sticks. need sticks. You need that and um but I've actually had a, a buddy of mine who um I've um, gotten him interested in hockey and we went to um, we went to one game it was against the it was the Panthers against uh, I think it was the Devils, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. last year. But it was great because we went, um, both of us together, I explained to him what the game was like, and he enjoyed himself, and he's, um, he's, um, he's not, a, like, a diehard fan, but he's... He's an avid. Yeah, like, he's... You, you, you've converted him to, like, oh, okay, this is something yeah. I could watch once in a while. I was like that at one point. I was like, hockey, man. Yeah. But then, but then what changed it for me was uh, watching the Winter Classic between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings. Okay. What year and was that? that was 2014. That was okay. five years ago. And, man, at Michigan Stadium, the nice snow drifting down. Yeah. And then watching to the shootout, Tyler Bozak scored that amazing uphand shot to win it um, on Jimmy Howard. Man, it, it just was like hook, line, and sinker. I was like, so this is hockey. They played it at a football stadium. They got they got everybody filled out in the largest stadium in America, at Michigan Stadium, to come watch this. I was like, wow. And then I just loved the game, the physical hits, and, you know, the unknown heroines of the game and stuff like that. It just got me excited. But I will say to anybody that wants to watch All-Star Weekend or just become a hockey fan, like, this is the game to do it. I remember even pre-show you were talking about how you loved the, the format for the for the NHL All-Star game. Oh, yeah. You like the Central, the Met, and the and the Atlantic and the Metro and the um, Pacific Division yeah. getting at each other. Yeah. I think that's a great format as well. It makes the game more interesting and I think, you know, you have teams in the same division. It's not like you pick your players or it's East meets West. Right. No, you got to deal with some things. It may, they may be time consuming a little bit, but it's still fun nonetheless. And like to me, I would just say if you just want something out of the norm to excite you, this is the game. Sure, you're going to have a laugh. Sure, it's going to be slow paced a little bit. Most all-star games are. No. But it, it is what it is, and it's a, it's a fun event, man. It definitely is, yeah. Hope maybe we convince you all next year for an NHL all-star game when it will be in St. Louis in 2020. Maybe uh, if still time, if you want to convert to a hockey fan, the Stanley Cup playoffs are just not too far away. We'll continue on our conversation about the playoffs and many more. So we are back on Talk is Okay, Low after a little memorization of the NHL All-Star break. Uh, we're now talking, of course, now the push of the second half of the season. And we'll even look back at even just the teams that just surprised us in general. And I'll even uh, do a little si- mini segment, of course, uh, talking about uh, some Panthers fans because we got to rep South Florida up in here, as we always do. And then, of course, I wanted to talk about the uh, Carolina Hurricanes this year. First off, uh, before we even start, what a year that they've had. Rob Brindamore, their franchise player coming in, first-year head coach, has this team sitting in the third of the Metropolitan Division. No, I didn't even predict the Canes to do that. I predicted them to be in last place. I, I expected that to be 
Washington, uh, either Washington, Pittsburgh battling for number one and two, Philadelphia, uh, number three, and then I think either New Jersey was maybe that fourth best team in the Met, maybe the Islanders, depending on how they did things. But man, a long time from October. But uh, it's been a little bit of a while um, since a couple of weeks ago where we had the NHL trade deadline. And man, Elliot, a lot of teams made some really darn good moves in order to bulk up for the NHL trade deadline. One of my favorite deals personally to me was the Vegas acquisition of Mark Stone. They got they got him and Tobias Lindbergh from Ottawa for Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh, and a second and a 2020 second round pick. It was a haul to get what looks like a potential piece to Vegas's finishing of getting to the Stanley Cup for a team that's already loaded. Of course, having Max Patch ready in the offseason. Me and Chris, of course, predicted no doubt Vegas would be back in the playoffs. Elliot, first off, your thoughts first on the Mark Stone trade. And personally, how does this help the Vegas Golden Knights with their chances in the Stanley Cup? He's played somewhat pretty good since being acquired by the team. They, um, because I'm looking at uh, ESPN right now on um, the trade that they got. Vegas, um, from what I see, uh, Vegas traded uh, Mark Stone uh, with um, Dallas, and they um, and um, Dallas got um, Eric Brandstorm, uh, Oscar Lindbergh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa, I'm sorry, it's fine, it's fine, bro. It's fine. It'd be like that. Um, and um, they, they, um, v- Vegas, um, they kind of, because I'm looking at it now, um, a lot of times when um, I've noticed this, when trade deadlines happen, they trade away picks, which is important. Um, Build for the future. Exactly. And then they need the foundation. But Vegas uh, doesn't need to rebuild. I think they're in it to win it. Just like the Jets. Um, they need to, um, they need to put an exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Um, but no, I, I think that it was a good move, um, for Vegas. Um, they need another, um, they need someone to score. They need someone to, um, good centerman. Yeah, exactly. He has really good awareness on the ice of who to look towards, who to pass to. And, um, he has, he's also really good with, um, puck control and spacing. Um, so I think he's definitely have a great addition. I can't wait to see him. Well, my mistake, he plays right wing, but just adds to their depth of scoring. And of course, already having a guy like Carlson, you know, Pacioretty, you know, this, this to me, I think made Vegas the winner of the trade deadline. Honestly, the losers obviously being the senators because they fallen so hard from two years ago when they were once upon a time right there on the cusp of going to the Stanley cup finals. And then when you thought that they did it, and part of the reason why I'm not even surprised Guy Boucher got fired because he did this in Tampa too. He had them on the brink of the cup uh, when he was the coach of the Lightning, Steve Eiserman's first coach before he got in, John Cooper. And man, you know, Tampa Bay was right at right at that point. They were just maybe one goal away from beating the Boston Bruins. And, you know, everybody can figure out the 1-3-1 easily and as fast. And, you know, obviously you're going to have disgruntlement and the players are not going to play uh, to, to the same system and not be the same. And that's why guys like Matt Duchesne and, um, that's, and of course, Eric Carlson um, way back when earlier in the season. Man, it's just it just doesn't work out overall in the end for, for, for it. And I'm not surprised he got fired. And, you know, but this team, I, I will say Vegas, even though the, the points and the record – doesn't quite show it, you know, come time the playoffs, you know, Mark Andre Fleury turns on another mode 
when when he when he goes into the playoffs and they've been starting to play up to the competition especially with the final weeks down the season this is very very big um another trade i wanted to talk about wayne simmons the nashville predators acquired him now uh, i was really surprised by this move because i felt philadelphia did not need to make this trade because wayne simmons is a great scorer he's a great part of that philadelphia flyers team and i was like they're just they're just 3 points out of a playoffs you know, this is where I expected Philadelphia to be. As crazy as the season has been where you start eight goaltenders, which I know is their Achilles heel until the their their transcendent savior, Carter Hart, came in. And he has played phenomenal, I will say. Um, for him to for the for him to get traded and for Ryan Hartman. It's an equal trade, I will say, because Ryan Hartman does have a lot of potential. But I, I think the familiarity that maybe he has with Peter Laviolette, of course, Wayne uh, playing for Peter. He was one of Peter's players um, when he got traded from the Kings. Man, I'm honestly as stumped as this trade because it's like you don't know who wins because Nashville's already locked in to go to the playoffs. They just added in another piece to help compete. But for Ryan Hartman, you know, as equal as a player. So, and Elliot, in your opinion, who do you think won this trade or who do you think will eventually come out the victor in this one? Because I'm honestly stumped about this one. Yeah, it's between um, the Sharks, um, Vegas, and... Um, what about Nashville with their trade, as I mentioned? I think it's pretty good. I mean, time will tell if it'll be effective. Because, again, we only had that one game. Because sometimes... Um, I, it's hard to tell. I'm not saying Simmons is a bad player. They also re- uh, they also received um, uh, Michael Grenlund. Um, Mikhail Grenlund from Minnesota. For, um, I right. think it was Kevin Fiala. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Hartman, and then uh, they got a 2020 conditional fourth round pick, right, right, right. which is pretty good. Um, I mean, Nashville seems like they're loading up. I think, though, that the Mikal Granlin move was kind of smart, you know, because Kevin Fiala wasn't producing the usual 20 goal season that he was. There was something off this year about him. Mikal Granlin's a good young player. I felt he was a little bit smothered by Bruce Boudreaux's system and, you know, not really playing up to the level of the young prospect that he was maybe pull out to be. Maybe this change of scenery within the central division is might white, might what he needs, but who knows and stuff like that. But I'll say this, Kevin Fiala has made somewhat of a crazy impact for Minnesota. And the reason I say that is because of the past two games where Nashville and Minnesota have faced in a home and home. I've watched both those games. I'm not sure if you saw this, but in a play where I think one of his teammates lost his stick, and that was Ryan Donato, um, who who was also traded from Boston for Charlie Coyle, which I'll talk about that one in a minute. He did an amazing thing where he he actually like picked the stick up in like halfway um, as it was lost and got it to Coyle with um, quick, and the puck came to him, and you know they were able to dish and dab and that like that. And then when they played. Um, when they played, when Fiala played his former team in Nashville, now mind you, from this home and home, he scored two goals and scored the game tying goal in that matchup before, of course, the game went into a shootout. Ryan Johansson had that crazy stick handle that Devin Dubnik is still like arring about, um, you know, from, from it. Cause it's like, man, if you saw that, it, it just has you like, damn, yeah. you know, but I honestly thought, like, wow. You know, like this is this is pretty impressive. As far as Minnesota, though, for the playoffs, 
I'm not too sure. I did not have high expectations for um, this team because of their injuries and because of their because I think that their time is kind of winding down. I remember. Uh, they, I'm not not to not to insult them, but did they have a time when they were really dynamic? Because I feel like that. They, they've the, always been like that team that you think will bud into the conversation, right, but right. not yet, but haven't peaked or, or just missed their time. Exactly. Yeah, that's no, that's exactly how you feel. They have a good, pretty good management. Um, it's just sometimes it's the chemistry, sometimes it's just bad luck. They had, they've had promise. It's just sometimes they just have, um, they just had uh, the worst luck going in yeah, the playoffs. I, I mean, it might be luck. I think it might be bad, just bad luck. I think the Wild is like that sometimes. No, because like since Bruce Boudreaux's come in, the team hasn't even met, met past the first round. I mean, they lost to. I mean, well, he when he came in in 2017, uh, the team lost to St. Louis in the first round in that hard playoff series, and then of course last year they got swamped by the Winnipeg Jets in the right. first round. I mean, who could have thunk that? You know, yeah. but. I think the reason I maybe say that is because maybe because it, because of like the, all the money that they paid Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi, and of course knowing that contract and how big that is, yeah. it's like you expect them, but then again you don't have enough money then to go get the help that they need, right. and you're kind of stuck with them. You know, as much as I thought way back when how smart that signing was when both of them became free agents, you get one or the other. They got both, but in a long term price for at what cost where you can barely scrape past now the first round and now you're on the fringe between a wild card and missing the playoffs i i absolutely agree and as i say this i'm going to look back at um their record right now just to see um yeah the wild is at um oh wow i thought they're in the playoff picture they're not no they're just on the fringes yeah they could pull some strings together because um, the Blues have 74 points and Minnesota has 72. So it's still pretty close. So they still have a chance. But, um, yeah, um, I, I, I think that they can um, – yeah, you never know, though. But um, I don't know if – Well, I mean, Bruce Boudreaux um, made a comment way back in – I think it was February or January where he said, now I'm not Joe Namath, but I guarantee we will make the playoffs. But – Kind of sees your 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 questionable about your your Joe Namath uh, prediction there, Bruce. Yeah. So you really got to be able to quench. In short, though, um, of course, some other trades. Let me hear your side, Elliot. Were there any trades that you liked, maybe prior to the deadline, during the deadline, that maybe got you excited for a team that has pushed their cup contention? Um. There was only one that really kind of hurt was um, when Matt Zuccarello is not with the Rangers anymore, mm-hmm. right, and he got traded to Dallas, which was uh, we mentioned earlier was pretty because um, I even saw a video of um, Hyman Lundqvist, the goalie for the Rangers, get pretty emotional, and um, that was his best friend. That was yeah, and and because um, when I start start again to hockey, um, I was watching the Panthers, and um, uh, like I said earlier, my mom is a huge Ranger fan, so my mom. Um, and that's what Zuccaro, I think, um, I think he was, he was, he just got drafted or he, he was just starting to play and, uh, he was a great player. It was just great to see. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like when like your, um, your favorite character from like a TV show dies or is not there anymore. Um, so, so that, that kind of, um, 
you know, it, it's it's going to be different. Um, but um, um, we move on. But um, that that was the one that kind of I felt was like. That your heartstrings yeah, that was like, damn. And, no, no, because um, especially like, as you mentioned with Lundquist, I mean, I'll probably like play that in just a little bit of a moment, but it just, it just has you like, man, like, like, I can't believe like Henrik Lundquist felt that way. It just like, especially to this Rangers team that last year you may have thought like adding Kevin Shattenkirk, they still had some great pieces. Yeah. They really thought like they could have maybe made a Stanley Cup. And then, of course, last year things didn't pan out. Of course, Elaine Vigneault got fired. They're they're in this rebuild right now, um, right where I expected them to be. Um, you know, and you know it's just really sad when they're when the players are starting to, you know, go down and down and down. Yeah. And it's like you know, you know, you lose you're losing great pieces that were once a part a, t- a time. Yeah. You know, a cup contending team, a President's Trophy team, and you're just like, man. It, it's really it just has you wow. It's it does, and I actually have a question for you. Um, and you've discussed this in your past um, uh, episode about the NHL. Do you think the Rangers should trade Lundqvist? You know, I I know Chris may not like my answer, but you know, I think you look at where Henrik is at his career and where the Rangers are as an organization right now. Now, look, it would to me, I think you do him justice, maybe. Like, it, it depends on all on him. Mm-hmm. Me as a fan on the outset, you want to see him win a cup so desperately. I think he's one of those players that you kind of root for, even though, like, you don't like the sweater he's in. I'm one of those people. Maybe some people do, maybe some people don't. I feel, though, that where the Rangers are going, is there enough time in his career that you can try to make that push for a cup when you've already started to um, bring down your team a little bit, you know, and, you know, in terms of their rebuild, because like, you know, you, you've cut ties with, you know, your captain, Dan Girardi, JT Miller, you know, all these Rick Rick Nash, you know, they traded him to Boston before he retired and Henrik is 37. He's not a, he's not a young, um, he's not a young superstar anymore, Elliot. I think, you know, this is going to be that time. I want to make a bold prediction here this offseason mm-hmm. where it, it has to be a decision. Maybe he talks to management or something, yeah. you know, because I don't think he wants to retire yet. But where this team is going, is is there going to be enough time? Because I don't think he can play goaltender till he's 40. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he, he may have, I'm sad to say, maybe two years left. Yeah. You know, and I think personally – you know, where he could go, I don't know. But I I feel like you do him justice and try to get him because most players want to do that. They like like for example, when the Bruins way back when traded Ray Bort to Colorado for him to have the best chance of the cup. The Bruins were going one way, but you know, Bork had been there for such a long time, been through the franchise, you know, had been through up, you know, lost a couple couple of times, got to the playoffs, missed it a couple of times to get that opportunity. Um I think you do just Henrik right, man, and uh, hey, get him to the cup. Because honestly, as much as I love him, maybe I just don't like him with the Ranger sweater on. But he's he's one of those goaltenders. He's still playing at elite level, but he was an uh, year too. yeah. And as I mentioned though, with the break, what he did during the during the goalie competition, all those saves, he did not miss a save. I'm not saying maybe maybe Father Time hasn't caught up to him yet, like maybe it hasn't caught up to Brady, but I don't know. 
I, I really do think uh, Henrik Lundqvist would uh, do it. And speaking of the Rangers, I mean, they've made a couple moves, one of them to the Winnipeg Jets. And, man, I will say this. The Jets have bulked up. They got defenseman Nathan Beaulieu from the Sabres. And then, of course, they got from the Rangers Kevin Hayes, as I mentioned, a part of their thing. So last year, Winnipeg made, made a move for Paul Stasny. It got them close, but not yet to the brass ring. Is there maybe a chance for Winnipeg with these sort of moves to maybe make that push in for the cup, you think, Elliot? I, um, again, it's hard to say because I thought, um, personally, I thought Winnipeg was going to beat Vegas last year. Same. I think, but, I think um, you and I, any hockey fan would have been because I was like, you, you were thinking the Cinderella story would come yeah. to an end. But Vegas was prepared for Winnipeg, and you know, wow, they they have they have again they have the pieces. It's just it's really about um, how they put it all together. How they put it all together. It's it's you know, I think in, it's finishing. Yeah, I think, um, and I I trust the coach who's um, Maurice. Right. Yes. Thank you for that. He he's been really good. I I've liked the way he's treated. I've honestly players. been surprised that like through all the ups and downs of. The Jets, since they moved from Atlanta, you're you're thinking at one point, man, is he ever going to get fired? Are they going to bring in a coach? They Winnipeg has been loyal to him, mm-hmm. and he's rewarded them back with this team. You know, from Patrick Line, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, you know, Dustin Bufflin, you know, Connor Cop. You know, this team is, you know, this is what I had them going to the Stanley Cup final this year. Honestly, I you, I. I think even with these type of depth piece moves, you know, Mark Shifley, when he gets in the playoffs, he turns on to a different zone. They got my favorite goaltender in Connor Hellebuck, which, yeah, you know, as much as the Leafs, I love Freddie Anderson and Matt Murray and Jonathan Quick, you know, from my three love teams that I love. Uh, I got to admit, though, Connor Hellebuck is one hell of a goaltender. No pun entirely intended. But, man, he's just phenomenal. I felt he should have won the Vesna last year. Um, you know, because he he's just been playing so phenomenal. But I, I think even these moves, they, they've the Winnipeg Jets look ready for the cup. So to close out this segment, um, who do you think though are the real winners? Who do you think bulked up more enough for their playoff push? I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna say, as I said, the Winnipeg Jets. I think I think Winnipeg and Vegas are one A one B winners, especially because they were like that for the Western Conference Finals. And I, I didn't talk about them, but I'll say the Columbus Blue Jackets only if they can get into the playoffs because they acquired another New York Ranger, Adam McQuaid. And then, of course, getting Matt Duchesne from Ottawa. And then, of course, his teammate. They got Keith Kincaid as a backup to Sergei Bobrovsky. But, and they got Ryan Dezingle. I'm just upset about the Anthony Duclair situation because of the riff, whatever it was, with John Tortorella. And uh, I'll, I'll just leave it as that. I think. Vegas and Winnipeg are the true winners. What about you, Elliot? Who do you think won the trade deadline? Or who do you think maybe took an L? Uh, <laughs> um, it's probably, um, I mean, obviously the Predators, again, like the um, Predators, Sharks, Vegas, and the Jets did a really good job, um, whether it be minor, whether it be a lot. Um, um, you know what's funny was uh, – Lightning didn't do anything. Right. Well, I think I think because the team is already loaded, they're on their way yeah. to winning the president's trophy. And that right, I think that's I think that's something to be said. Sometimes nothing is good. Just to leave it alone. So, so you like, think the team that didn't make the move was the clear cut winner? Yeah. 
because they're confident in their product. Right. I because I, I I really think that for me I think Lightning are gonna go um to the Stanley Cup Eastern wise. I think they got they got they really got the defense. They got the offense. I think they're ready to go. Do they can they win the cup? I'm not so sure because they've um, they haven't won a cup since what oh, oh four, and um, it's been 15 years. It's been 15 years, and they have the piece again. Like I've been saying since um, we started talking, they have the pieces together. It's just um, uh, it, how can they make that together? But I really think it's um, I I really like that Lightning didn't make any moves or any draft picks or anything, and they don't need to because they have such. Um, uh, they have a great goaltender who should be who should win um, the Vesna Trophy. He Vasilevsky. Yeah, because um, I, I when I thought that I thought when Ben Bishop left. Um, no, trust me, same thing too. I was like, I was like, Steve Eiserman did not want to pay him the money. What is Stevie Y doing? But Steve Eiserman knows something that we don't. That's why he was the captain of a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Four time because he was once upon a time in the front office. History lesson, folks. I love to give it to to people, but you know, Vasilevsky, man, who man, you know, he's I think dangerous. no, man, he is he is one of the top goaltenders in this league, bar none. There's no question about it, you know. So, I mean, Tampa, man, you already have your sights, but hold on, man, we'll we'll talk Stanley Cup playoffs in just a moment. But we got to talk about up next the teams that really surprised us in the first half of the season. And then we're going to get into our predictions for the second half of the season and even talk a little minor headlines here and there. So up next, though, we're going to help out some Florida Panthers fans. And it's a how-to guide by our guest today on how to deal with the season. Uh, to any Panthers fans that believed, because I thought really this year was the playoff year, I am so sorry for you guys. Um, I really hope maybe something happens to change. But maybe this segment from a Panthers fan in Elliott could help you recover for this year if you guys don't make the playoffs. So a few seconds and we'll get right underway with the how-to guide. Well, as hockey season comes down to an end, it's uh, unfortunately a disappointing end for the Florida Panthers, a team that I thought maybe could have at least a wild card opportunity this year between them and the Flyers um, or the Devils, uh, because last year they were just two points shy of going to the playoffs. And this year, uh, it looked hopefully promising. And unfortunately for Elliot and for other Florida Panthers fans, it's uh, it's pretty disappointing. So this segment is dedicated to all the Panthers fans and Elliot being a Panthers guy yourself, just exploit out maybe some some disdolgements that you might have uh, going on with uh, with the franchise. Yeah, it's it's um there's a lot of things about um that really make up why I'm really frustrated being a Panthers fan. It's um a lot of it has to do with um how they market the team. Um mm-hmm. What the Heat do um, to compare them, I guess, because they're um, the Heat and the Panthers are um, the local teams. The right. Heat are really good because they build from within. Mm-hmm. They get the advertisers from within. They talk to the players. They talk to the fans. They're really good about that. Social. Social. Very, they're very social. Social media. Social marketing. Definitely. And the Panthers do do that, but the way they do it could be better. Like um, they're definitely the players um, do their job by reaching out, but. Um, I, I feel that there's a different way of approaching it. They, uh, they 
did a fantastic job when they handled um, the Parkland shooting. Um, when they had that night, when they remembered all of the, um, the ones who were sadly lost. Mm -hmm. um, and when the Wongo had that emotional moment saying, I want to live in Parkland forever. Uh -huh. And we need to fix something about that. They did a really good job about that. Right. Um, and, um, but that's like the only, you know, and um, I would love to see more of like, more local, um, I guess, appreci appreciation? Maybe or not. like outreach? Yeah. Um, like, I would love to see them do something with the actual Florida Panther because the actual... Mm, you might you might have um, PETA against you on that one. Really? Potentially. I don't know if a live mascot would help, but... <laughs> yeah. It's just... Uh, maybe, it maybe ain't the long, 80s, but... man. It ain't the 80s. Yeah. But I, I will say, look, I'm, I'm in a test of it to, with you, man. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned as uh, at pre prior to the segment about how you were talking about how sometimes at Panthers games when they play like the Red Wings or the Canadians or when they play the Rangers, how you feel like, man, where are the Panthers fan at? It's just crowded in like Rangers fans and all, all that coming to watch this game. And it just kind of hurts. Yeah, it does. And... Um... Nothing against the other play and the other fans. It's just it's really hard when you're rooting for a team at your and you home don't, game. And you don't. And you either it's like you, you know the other fans of the team come in and raid the building. Right. You know yeah. I I was like that. You know be you know being a couple Leafs Penguins game when they play here. You know seeing a lot of Pittsburgh and Toronto fans come in and you know take over the joint. I can understand where it comes from. And hell, and hell a lot of teams other have that problem. I mean recently just uh, with this past game between the Red Wings and Avs. Hell of a lot of Red Wings games, uh, Red Wings fans um, in the Pepsi Center for the Avalanche game, you know, the rivalry that they had, and then the Blues and the Blackhawks, you know, trying to keep a lot of Blackhawks fans outside of the Enterprise Center, you yeah. know, because it's just an easy commute down to the transplant, go watch that game, so. It, it, um, yeah. Do you think maybe it's just the fact of maybe what ownership does to the team? Because I remember two years ago when they had that amazing team that surprisingly won the Atlantic Division over the Tampa Bay Lightning, went to the playoffs, you know, yeah. had the unfortunate missed call in Game 6 with John Tavares yeah. and the Islanders. Yeah, I know. Trust me, Chris Chris had that same face that you had where yeah. you were, like, not thinking about that good time. But I, I think it's even just the fact of what ownership does to the team, you yeah. know. And, and, you know, like, the years that they've had it good, and even as we talked on the show, we, what you mentioned with Jonathan Marsh, Soul, Riley Smith, and then, of course, uh, the surprise firing of Gerald Gallant right. as coach. It's like, you know, is there competitive enough? I, I don't blame the fans. You know, as you even mentioned with South Florida fans, I think prior to the show, you said something about, like, not being, what was it again, man, about South Florida fans? Yeah, um, we're kind of, um, a, it's a bandwagon. Fairweather fan is like my dad used to you say. You think, so? yeah, you think Fairweather? Because, because, like, you're, you're on the team when you're winning, and then when you're losing, you want no parts of it. You see, my dad, when he went to school in Pittsburgh, Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, ride and die, New York Yankees when I grew up, ride or die with the Yankees, you know? You support them when you win, and you support them when you lose. Right. You know, South Florida, it ain't like that. It's either, are you winning or not? And, you know, not to complain, because I think it is somewhat of a fair fan base, because you don't want to be a, a, have a team that, like, just lets you down night after night after night. But I think it's just even the relationship, as you mentioned, from community to, to, um, to city yeah. with the team. Maybe that's maybe what has to do with it, with the Panthers. Yeah, it's, um, my thing is that I think they should really change their, um, 
uh, their name, I think, should be called the South Florida Panthers. And South the, Florida Panthers. Yeah, I've ne- there's never been a team. Oh, I mean, like, I guess, like, New England Patriots yeah. or, like, New Orleans Saints. So, yeah, maybe. But I think they should because it's – they had Florida Panthers, but it's like, okay, you want to represent Florida, which is fine. But you have the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is north. And the Tampa Bay Lightning has been there It's the Tampa year. Bay area. Right. Mm-hmm. But – but let's be honest, when we're thinking about the Lightning, you're thinking of Northern Florida representing it. Same with the Orlando Magic or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. or The Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, you're thinking Northern Florida. When you're thinking Florida Panthers, you're thinking, oh, South Florida. So to me, it's like they should really... But remember how like the Florida Marlins did that at one time, and then they changed up to the Miami Marlins as well? I don't know, I just... Like, do you think even it has to do with the fact of maybe the area that they play in as I th- well? I think it's the area. I, I really do think so. Um, I there's there's a lot of um, and I'm not I'm I'm very respectful of the Florida Panther fans. We there's a lot of there's just little things that we have that other teams don't have. Like, you even mentioned how you think that the area of Sunrise is just as good as the area of Miami, yeah. like when they once were, because like you mentioned, you you said about IKEA and then having Sawgrass Mills Mall where I work, one of the largest outlet balls in the world right. you know and stuff like that so I, I get where the consensus is coming from and then at the end of the night you know maybe a quick easy five dollar ticket come in Definitely. watch a Panthers game yeah it's it's just it's real, and they have great and um, they have great players like they've had um, uh, they have Ekblad who's definitely one of the youngest upcoming defensemen in the league and um, they, they've had Luongo who is uh, like I said earlier, he is the Dwayne Wade of the NHL. Like he has been a Panther for so long, mm-hmm. and he's also been um, a Canuck for forever. But he's proven some stuff. But mm-hmm. it's just really sad because I don't think Luongo is—he's—he's um, he's not going to win a ring. Which you is, don't think he's going to win a cup? I think—I think, I think I it's think hard to, especially with the team that he's with. Yeah, and if if he left um, and he was like off the bench he's one of the top winning goaltenders of all time oh he's he's, third third best third and he's had i went to his thousandth game um i had the post in my room he um if like if he left for um to a team a different team um you would you wouldn't feel as i wouldn't feel bad no i want him to spread his like like how we talked about Henrik lundquist yeah i would not i would not be bad because it's because he's done his time and he he's beyond his um He's beyond his um, better years. His, yeah, like he's not in his prime anymore, which is sad. But and um, I would be because like all right, you want to win a ring, which is fine. You've, you've proven that you're a loyal Panther, which is great, and we're all of us are internally grateful for your efforts. Mm-hmm. And um, but no, I I don't want to bash the Panthers because I love the Panthers. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you do, you do. They're my they're my team. I love going to home games. I love the the, the rat um throwing the, rat the rats tricks. on the, the after the victory. You right, know? I love that. The San Jose Panther is, is really good. Um, Great I, mascot. I he's awesome. Uh, I just find it funny how like his name is Stanley C Panther, like Stanley Cup Panther, <laughs> and uh, hoping one day to win it. One day we will win. One day we definitely will be. Um, one day it's just um, Florida teams get at least a ring. They have to, because we're, we're the only one without one. Without one. And the Marlins so, have it, even though they haven't won it since, like, the time I was in, like, the third, like the first grade or yeah. whatever. But it is what it is. But to maybe wrap up this segment as for the guide to a Panthers fan, uh, what would you maybe say to anybody who may be disappointed about this season or anybody maybe trying to look optimistic going into next year and maybe attending a game? I have, um... I have a tactic that I've kind of done, which is um, like Florida Panther is like I is my uh, is my team. 
I bleed red. Well, I think everyone bleeds red. But, um, <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, I beat bleed blue, but not really. Right. <laughs> I wish me. Blue, black, and um, gold. Um, I, I think, like, um, what, uh, for new fans, I think you should root for the Panthers hard. And, um... Be patient. And be patient. Definitely be patient. And that's something, a skill that anyone should do, is just be patient, because good things come to those who wait. Yes. But I would also look for a team that has a chance to win. Like, like just get you and a the hockey fan, like the Lightning. Like the Lightning. Like, what I do is I look at, um, I'm a Big Panther fan, but I also look at Lightning. I look at Vegas. I have an excuse for Vegas because Derek Lamont is my coach and I had Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault. Right. So I look towards that and I look towards the Lightning because and also the Rangers. So I, I kind of look at other teams like, all right, cool. Yeah, and get, great- get yourself learning into the game. That's right. how kind of I did it first, you know, because I saw the Panthers team like meh, but then you know, for me, even though the Leafs, even though they've been a pain, but I stuck through it, and we're having some good times that are coming soon, more on the way, and then of course, you know, the Kings and Pittsburgh, right. you know, so just some more things to outlook so Panthers fans uh, hopefully maybe my good old friend Elliot will uh, help you through the doldrums of the season and uh, for many more hockey fans our discussion continues was just one of the uh, many celebrations I felt to play back at the start of a new tradition the Carolina Hurricanes have been having since they've been winning a lot of hockey games. Elliot, honestly, like, seeing some of these um, celebrations that the Canes have had this year, what if you honestly think about it? I mean, usual hockey asshole Don Cherry has called them, like, a disgrace and right. says it, it, it doesn't add it, but, you know, I don't care what Don Cherry says because, you know, you, you know how Don Cherry is sometimes. Yeah. But, this is a fun thing that that adds flavor to the game. I think maybe Vikings Nation, the Minnesota Vikings fans, might be a little bit upset because it, it um, it's a copycat of their Skull Nation chants. But this surge has been a helpful part in boosting um, fans to come to the arena and boosting can- in the Canes and the victory to where they are right now, third place in the in the Metropolitan. Yeah, no, I uh, no, I completely agree. Um, it's nice. It's um, it's really good to have something special with the fans, something where it's like, hey, this is something that we can do. Uh, yeah, look, like they're like clapping with every, like um, they're clapping right. with everybody. Skull, skull, and then they do a little something funny afterwards. You you started off, and then right here, uh, one of their players, Madronic. Look, they got snow angels going down all over Timber. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and their well, mascot gets involved with it too. And that's cool for the mascot. Like it's it's the mascots are like really cool because they're like. 
different it, players leading it every yeah. night. No, you it's, know, it's great. It, all it, the fans getting in yeah. into it. I don't really. And there's something new every night that yeah. you get with it. And look, like everyone, like it's just it's really cool. Like it's it really shows that they care and they're very intimate. Right, and, um, and just yeah. the and just the fun things with the fans. You know, maybe this is what we even talked about with the Panthers. Something that they can do more. Yeah. Of you know, after a win, other than just rats on the ice and stuff, yeah. it's just like things like this. You start the clap, the clap. I mean, we're watching the video. It's muted off right now, but uh, yeah, we're just watching back. It is just so much fun. If you haven't done it, just go on YouTube and uh, just search Carolina Hurricanes win celebrations. Look at this right here, a little wee. <laughs> but and look, um, Jacob Sylvan helping with them, and, and just another fun thing. Here's one with Sebastian Aho, their um, all-star at center ice. I'm gonna skip forward ahead about this, and you know, same thing. A couple do do do, you know, a little fun thing. It it, it is always the best uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes. And do you think maybe that this will be a fun thing if they make the playoffs? Do you think Definitely. it'll even gain them more attention? Usually, get higher in the Stanley Cup with that. Yeah. No, I um. I, it'll be interesting. I, I wonder if they already came up with stuff when they go to the playoffs, uh, what they'll do if uh, they win a game or something. But that'll be interesting to see, like what they like if um, they will once they get into the playoffs. And I'm definitely confident they're gonna go to the playoffs. I I I find it interesting if they will even do it because if they win, then they're much oh they're just goofing off. They're not really serious, uh-huh. which I think. Um, Maybe something to think about, but at the same time, you know, who, who really cares? Because they're just having a nice thing with the fans. Right, right. They might do something, but um, no, I, I, I like it. I, I, um, yeah, no, it's cool. Now, the more, the more of this fan interaction. This is what I kind of like. With even though some people say sports are kind of dying, more fan interaction like this gets the attention, gets the game going, and starts to create more bonds yeah. in it. And I think that's what you need between um, a fan base and a team. It's, it's those kind of things that bring it all together. Last few things, though, just to end off uh, this mini segment. I wanted to show this recently thing. Of course, Brad Marchand, another asshole. Uh, please excuse my French. Uh, he was recently, like, making up a uh, tweet about um, my Leafs player, Mitch Marner. He was saying, obviously, Marner is a pending free agent. And Brad Marchand suggested a $12 million average value uh, with two question marks and, you know, Brad Marchand said it better be, and then um, uh, Marchand added the hashtag with Marner Watch. And, you know, we all know Brad Marchand. If he isn't licking a dude's nose for some reason, he's being a pest on the ice. What do you think, though, about this recent thing with in terms of that? Because the Leafs and Bruins are likely facing off again in the, in the first round. Yeah, it just creates tension, and um, that's good. Yeah. Got to get that to start that off right before the season starts um, because it, it's like, okay, it, it's uh, when you're hungry for something. Yeah, you, Mitch you, Marner wants a contract, but you know, yeah. they're, they're paying every leaf. They locked up Austin Matthews way back when, William right. Anders back in December. They're just making sure they lock up their young, secure guys. Yeah, no, and you're right. They just want to have a security and they want to make sure that their guys are in check. Um, right. But uh, no, nah, I just, you know what, I just. Uh, it is some brouhaha. It's just, it's all talk. It's just, it's not, it's just, it's, to me, I just, it's like, it just right. adds tension to the yeah, game. Yeah, all right, whatever. Like, it's for them, not for us. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Well, to also end off this last segment, I'm just pulling up one final thing. Um, this was actually, um, recently shown, um, um, after the Predators, um, 
um, wild game where they showed back the stadium series game between the Flyers and the Penguins. And I, I honestly am a, a idiot for doing this because I turned off the TV when it was at near the end of the second period. The Penguins were up 3-1, and then the Flyers rally back to win in overtime. Uh, first off, the stadium series. Did you by any chance watch it, Elliot? I'm I did about not. to. Well, uh, hopefully this gets you excited because this year's stadium series, they really went out the box to do this. I mean, look at the helmet design that they had on Wade Simmons in, in a pretty cool game and stuff like that. They wired this game up for sound. I'll play just a little clip on it. You guys can go watch it on YouTube. To me, I think it, it'll get you excited as a hockey fan. Outdoor games are always fun. But man, here, listen to this quick sound bite. It was a part of a brawl and man. It was it was a game that I really regret that I didn't finish. And of course the Flyers won, but which I'm okay with because you know I, I kinda like the Flyers as well, even though I'm not so crazy about the Wayne Simmons move, but Man, doesn't that get you excited no, as well? No, it, it does. I like, recommend that you go watch it, buddy. I actually uh, might, to be honest. Cause that's, after this show? Yeah, I might when I get home. It's it's not as cool because I really get to see, like... NHL the, players mic yeah, up for Yeah, their tenacity. Out. You really see, like, okay, what and they're it, saying. What, what, what gets them in their heads. The, the coaches, the sound yeah. bites, oh, yeah. the chirps. Who doesn't you love know, that? You know, the, even the little um, spring up towards the brawl, of course. Yeah. You know, it, believe it or not, this... Um, this game between the Flyers and Penguins actually ended in a handshake in the last stadium series game that these two teams played. Nobody shook hands at the end at Heinz Field. Surprisingly enough in this one in Lincoln Financial, I guess uh, maybe the city of brotherly love finally got to them even though when it's Flyers-Penguins, there's no there's, there's no, no such thing as brotherly love. No, there's not. Well, maybe there might be uh, some brotherly love for the Flyers if they can get to the playoffs and maybe another spark up battle that we might see between these two teams, which we will get with our Stanley Cup playoff predictions to wrap up. So now for a little hip check segment on Talk is Okay, a little, little hockey reference there uh, to mention out. So um, as I mentioned, uh, we're coming down to the end part of our show where we're going to talk about our second half of the season predictions, and of course, an outlook into the Stanley Cup playoffs. If the playoffs started today, and maybe teams that we see moving up, moving down, up around, and around, up a two, and those kind of things. Uh, let's first start off, though, before we talk um, our playoff, Elliot, about the teams this past season who have surprised us. Because honestly, compared to my early on predictions, oh boy, can the NHL season be a huge bit? Uh, please excuse the French, but um, man, it is uh, this year. I've been honestly surprised about a lot of teams, um, two of which, of course, you know, have been my dad and the Anaheim Ducks. And then a huge disappointment for the Los Angeles Kings, a team that last year made the wild card. Uh, what a sunken ship that they've made. And then yeah. they fired head coach John Stevens, um, you know, and honestly, you know, they're not making the playoffs this year. I've come to terms with that. Um Things have not been the same for the Kings. Injuries, no scoring on offense, and then lack of depth defensively. And, you know, now I even wonder now if all that money to Drew Doughty, you know, if it's going to be worth the commitment, especially to the fact that we're not winning as many games and have a minus 51 um, goals um, for and goals against average, one of one of the worst in the league, not 
to boot my my daddy's ducks, who's they've been disappointing as well. But I kind of had a hunch because of the fact of the of the um, old man that is Father Time to Ryan Kessler, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, and then you know Randy Carlisle. Even though the second stint had a little more hope, you know, not really. I think what you would say as the best. I think it's fair to start off with the teams that have disappointed us uh, this season. Elliot, I think other than just the Panthers, are there any teams that you look at in the NHL standings that you're like? Damn, I can't believe the first half of the season went completely incorrect uh, for, for those teams. Yeah, no, like you said, um, I like the Kings um, uh, in 2012. and um, First first cup in, in their franchise history. I remember being along for their ride for their second cup, whooping the Rangers. Man, those were good times. We don't, we don't talk I, about that. Uh, <laughs> well, well, for your mom, but... Uh, <laughs> but um but yeah man what man that was when i was in middle when i was in high school sophomore year my first year as a hockey fan that was a roller coaster of a ride but man Um, things changed i'm with that being said um yeah i'm 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 looking at the stats right now um i'm really surprised about the oilers because they got um, oh yes they got the next uh right uh wayne gretzky which is um Connor mcdavid money mac but I, they're they're sitting right now currently seven points out of a playoff. They, they were a team that I was really fearing because it was like they had an off year, but I just didn't feel that much of the shame. And a lot of people were even talking about Peter Shirelli as GM and the moves that he's made and how they p- haven't panned out as well. Yeah. You know, the whole Ryan Strom uh, situation and then, of course, Cam Talbot, whether he was worth all that money yeah. now. He's just a backup in Philadelphia. Well, starting right now, a part of their NHL record eight goaltending starts in the season. They fired their head coach, Todd McClellan, uh, brought in Ken Hitchcock from retirement. But, you know, I, I just don't know about this Edmonton Oilers team. And I remember something uh, Jeremy Roenick said about um, the Edmonton Oilers, man. And honestly, but before I play that clip, just just – Talk about Edmonton, man, and it's just the disappointment that that they've been. Yeah, no, they've been a um, they've been a pretty um upsetting team. Um, I don't want to say that because I like the Oilers. Um, I'm not too picky on Edmonton. <laughs> I um I no I've I've always um, I've always felt that they could have been better than this. I thought because they have. It's kind of like how like uh, LeBron is with the Lakers. Like as much as I hate the Lakers, I kind of want to like. It's kind of shock like. Why is not LeBron taking this team to the playoffs? It doesn't look good. Or same right. with Common Day. Why aren't they taking the, this to the playoffs? So I'm just like, it's kind of like, I, I thought that they could be better than this. And I know we keep repeating this, saying that we're surprised, but I don't know if it's um, the defense because um, Cam Tablet is a fantastic goaltender. I think he's pretty underrated. He, with, um, I think he's in the, he plays with the butterfly position, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the usual standard position. Okay. He, but he, he's really good. He, he really, um, but I mean, all the money that Edmonton got to, to get him as a contract, you might have remembered like that last little run he had when Lundquist had, I think, that throat injury. Yeah. And Talbot came in, played phenomenally. That's what earned that, him the contract. That, yeah. And then, of course, having that one spectacular year for Edmonton for the postseason. But it's, since then, it's, it's what have you done for us lately? Yeah. With that being said, I would like to transition towards the Blackhawks because Ooh, they're Chicago. That, but, before I get up the JR clip, though, let's talk Chicago because they were a team that I was absolutely surprised about. I had them making a wild card playoff berth. 
um, this past playoff. I think it was them at Anaheim that I predicted back in my NHL uh, season preview. And for Chicago, can I just say that old, old father time and old salary cap hell has come back to haunt them. And worst of all, to think, though, and I remember talking to my friends Austin and Ethan, shout out to you boys, uh, Chicago Blackhawks fan. They were surprised that Joel Quenville, their coach that led them to three cups, got axed as head coach. And, you know, to me, I was like, what? After a little, little street down the line, you know, they've looked a little better, but, you know, they had that little spot um, a couple weeks ago where they were making that towards playoff push. And now it's like, are they even, it's like they're reaching, but yeah. it's like, it's like a little out of reach. It's yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's like like I'm looking at the stats right now. Patrick Kane is number two in points, ninety four mm-hmm. from Chicago, and Connor McDavid from Edmonton is ninety two. <laughs> and then you have goals third, Patrick Kane, assists third place, Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. I don't understand because with these two teams. They should be at least in the playoffs. Right. And with all the scoring that they've done, Kane having another MVP season, McDavid doing what he usually did. You know, th- these two teams to me have been like, I, I kind of was afraid because of the problems. Mm-hmm. And it's just they're coming back to bite them. Really? Um, now I finally found it. The JR clip that I've been long uh, searching for. This was what he talked about during a loss to the Detroit Red Wings. Let's see if the mic can pick it up and let's talk and let's uh, remember what JR was saying about this team. National Hockey. Okay, hold on, give me one second. Sorry, okay, Loholics, one second. I'm, I'm boggled that this is a professional hockey league team. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are so bad. They can't put two passes together. The, their passing decisions, their positioning defensively, their, uh, they look in all three zones, they look confused. They, yeah. have no, they, they have no idea where they're going. They're throwing hope for passes up the ice, hoping that they catch somebody in, in a rush where they can get an outnumbered situation. Um, you know, they might have good skaters, fast skaters, but their feet and their hands go so much faster than their brains. They have no idea what they're doing out there, and it shows so much. You have the Detroit Red Wings. God bless them. The, the worst team in the National Hockey League by points in 43. And they look like the Stanley Cup champions compared to this Edmonton Oilers team. We talk about hockey IQ, and there's some players with great hockey IQ. This team might have, from 18 players, the lowest hockey IQ that I've seen in a long time, the way that they're playing this game. I'm, I'm boggled at this. Man, just – and that was during a game way back when, back in January 23rd, about the Edmonton Oilers, and that was when they were going through their transitions. They lost to the Red Wings that night. But, I mean, JR's comments – I mean, it speaks for themselves for this team, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it. it um, he made some good points about being confused. Um, they're very sloppy. Um, they they uh, they need good communication. That that's really what they need to understand how to play the yeah. game. You, you know, you it's like it's like having a super team and not knowing how to control so much uh, talent on that team. I I I'm actually going to make this comparison. I think the Edmonton Oilers. And as crazy as I sound saying this, they remind me so much of the Pittsburgh Steelers because yes, because they have so much talent and they can't cohesively work together. You have like for, for the Steelers, it's different because it's egos and, and all that for the Oilers. They just can't find a way to usurp that talent, find the right chemistry and use their hockey IQ as Jr. said. 
to go out there and to play their best hockey. They can't do that. What happened to this Oilers team that made the playoffs in Connor McDavid's second season, surprised everybody, looked like they were going to go to the Western Conference Finals? Don't you dare. I'm going to sound like Stephen A. Smith just for a minute. Don't you dare tell me that Connor McDavid was switched out for 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 some for some random guy on the streets with this team, I don't know if it is Peter Shirelli. I think it is his fault because he kept trying to switch pieces around and stuff like that. You have great players to work with, Leon Drysital. You got a guy like Darnell Nurse, a great defenseman, and you can't tell me with all that talent that you finally have brought hope to this team. You go right back to what you were. Uh, way back when, where you're throwing sweaters on the ice in disgust of your play, you got to wake up. It, it, it is, it, it's not right, and, and it's not what you expect out of this team. But um, what do you got to say, Elliot? Ditto. <laughs> I think I think I've, I've said it all enough. I, I turned into Stephen A. Smith hockey wise for a moment, man. But um, I think though the last team though in the East, I'll say I'm disappointed about. Uh, well, even though that they're in the playoff push right now, Pittsburgh Penguins, man, because this is not a year that you're supposed to be a wild card team. You're supposed to be competing with the Washington Capitals for the top spot in the Metropolitan Division. You know, look, honestly, most of the teams in the East, I expected kind of where they were to be in the West. I'll say that. So I think it's fair to say that we got to move on to the next part of the of the show, which has been the teams that have surprised us. Um uh, I'm going to start off in the East uh, where I picked off, you know, compared to the, where the Penguins are in the standings right now, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not worried. Sidney Crosby even made a comment where he said, I'm not focused on my career stats or, you know, the stats I made this season. I'm focused on a playoff push, getting that third cup, uh, cementing the Pittsburgh dynasty of this decade, three championships in four years. But um, the team that's behind them, the Montreal Canadiens, a team that I thought that was just blowing up. Elliot. Yeah. And this team is in a wild card position right now for some, you know, not to disrespect the great coaching genius of Claude Julien, but how did he get these guys doing together? They recently beat my Kings three to nothing. They got Jonathan Drouin, who I thought was a bust playing great. They got Tomas Tatar from the Red Wings playing good. And then of course you got, um, yes, Terry, Mary, you know, Carey Price is starting to show age and stuff like that. Andrew Shaw. Paul Byron and company, you know, this Montreal team, where did they come from? And how did they, how did they get to be at least close to a playoff push? They quit. I don't know. Elliot. I don't, uh, personally, I haven't had much research in the Montreal Canadians. Me neither, but uh, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just basing off. Cause I'm just saying how the hell are, are they in the playoffs? They, suppo- they were supposed to be, at least where the Red Wings and the Devils are, at least in my opinion, that eighth place team in the right. East, that like that like eighth in terms of not making the playoffs. I I don't have an answer, but um, from what you just told me, a lot of times when you get trades or when you get off um, play from the off season for free agents uh-huh. and you get um, really good coaches, you can create something good, and you yeah. sometimes can get like um, I remember. Um, but Mark Bergevin, he's been trying so desperately to get that center, you know, and he tried John Tavares. You know, I, I don't know what Bergie has done, but dear God, you found a way to get the blue, blonde, rouge 
excited again in the Bell Center. But even though my Maple Leafs are on top, which is good mm-hmm. because we have something to brag about against the Canadians, but that's okay. I don't like the Canadians, so no, 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 amen to that, brother. Yeah, no, at least we can that. agree on. Agree but on other than maybe Montreal, as I mentioned at the top of the program, the New York Islanders with the amazing turnaround this season. I love the young core group, and this is starting to be to me the beginning of the push. To me, I was still surprised Barry Trotz yeah. left the Capitals, and I'll say this though. Um, you know, even though he left, you know, the Capitals are still like one of the top teams. I mean, they are the defending cup champs for a reason. Right. And did he leave for, um, he left for New York. He left for New York, but he originally, he was supposed to retire, but, um, you know, Todd Reardon, you know, who was once upon a time, a Pittsburgh assistant under Dan Bousma. I got to say kudos to you. He, this man was ready to coach, Mm -hmm. um, this team. I didn't expect the Capitals to go down. I was just curious to see how he would. Uh, keep them there, you know, and they're neck and neck right now, points wise, record wise, everything. Well, in terms of goal differentials, the Caps got to work on their defense, which what I fear might be their downfall this right. playoff time because of their lack of depth. But uh, man, just kudos to the Islanders, man. I mean, this year, like like I mentioned, Robin Leonard, who was I thought a scrub, you know, and, and you no, know, not to disrespect Thomas Grice because he's been <laughs> decent enough, but dear God. I love this Islanders team, even though they kind of made John Tavares' homecoming a little bit not so good. And like I said earlier, the, the fan base. Was, go ahead, come on, like I, for, for a guy that you, all you've done, you call him a snake. I'll even play Sean Avery's no, like clip in a moment. As, as you should, yeah, no, he. Um, I'm really. Um, it's. It, I'm upset. Sun- I'm upset with Islanders fans because I yeah, thought for look, they've been through a lot with bad ownership, bad teams, bad management in prior years, but. Yeah. I mean, for at least at least your beacon of hope, a guy that got you your first playoff win in twenty three yeah. years yeah, since like what Dennis Pop then since, since nineteen ninety three when they made oh, it to wow. the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals against the Canadians who went on to win the cup. Right. No. Dear and- God, you you couldn't give this man the respect. No, it's it's very. Um, Cavs fans at least gave LeBron a, a standing ovation when he came back this past year to play the Lakers in Cleveland. They at least clapped him. Yeah. You had the decency to do that. You throw a sweater at him. You call him a snake. You 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 make banters that say f him. Like come on. No, I like like, I, like as much as Sean Avery can get mad at you, you can get mad at him sometimes for the usual kind of dude that he is. He can make some really smart um stuff off the ice. He's really done that since his retirement. And I gotta say, he is definitely right. Like like Islanders fans should have appreciated him better. Yeah, no, I, um, he, uh, John Tavares is a very, very, very talented player. He's, um, he's fantastic to watch. Um, like, that's all I need to say. I, I, I don't, I personally don't like Islander fans. Not because I was raised because I was a Ranger fan, Uh but it's, um, Particularly when the Panthers and the Islanders were going at each other for the first season, it was a great series to watch. That playoff series, even though it, it ended was, in controversial fashion, it did. With but they had um, a backup goaltender, Thomas um, Grice, Grice, and for was, Yaroslav Halak, which was he was fantastic. He like nothing went against him. He was amazing and to he's watch, pl- and he's been playing well this year for this team too. Yeah, and. Um, I'm not. And Barry, Barry Trotz has a thing with goaltenders. Yeah. He, he he just makes the best out of anybody. He could turn me into a goaltender. I'd be a Vezina Trophy candidate like Robin Leonard right now. But the problem, if is, I have, was the, athletic. The problem I have is the fans because um, they 
they take things way too personally. And I'm not saying I'm not saying this as a Ranger fan. I'm saying this just from what I've seen. I'm kind of stepping stepping out of um, just kind of looking out from fans. Um, there was I read a story um, like two or three years ago where an Islander fan um, spat on a Florida Panther kid. Which is oh dear God! Which is disgusting. No, you know, you know. There's been times, you know, you have drunk fans. I remember way back when a Marlon Mets game where this drunk fan was kind of, you know, making it, I guess, uncomfortable for me. Like even though mm-hmm. I was wearing Yankee stuff, you know, my dad had to save it up. But you know, it, it's just those type of stories that you just say, man, forget about that. Yeah. But it, it be like that sometimes. You know, you just have drunk fans coming into a game. But um, to spit on a kid, come on, you you. That's not no no that's no. Not trust fair, me, though. trust me. Yeah, you know, but hey. But hey, we have lighter side moments like when recently Devin Dudnick gave a, a fan a stick and she cried. Yeah, no, and stuff you're like right. That. No, you're right. So let, let's try to at least take happy moments. No, but you're right. No, looking wanna... on the magical laptop at least for a little bit. Any other teams that may be in the East or the West that surprised you this year? Oh, uh, the Hurricanes for sure. Oh my God, and we can't. I can't wait to talk about my segment with the Canes next because this year they've been winning. And then the, their weird celebration chants afterwards, which is great because it, it's good for the fan bases to like. It's like a nice, um, what's it like a tradition, I guess. Like okay, what are a they brand gonna, new tradition, right? Like they've, oh, what even, they they've even tonight? brought back their old ties with the Hartford Whalers this year right. with their sweaters. Uh, man, they recently played the Bruins in that, even though they lost. But man, it just—I I really have to say, Carolina, kudos—they were third place. I did not see them making the playoffs. Right. I thought they maybe the cusp. You know, this was the first year under Rob Brindamore. But, you know, good job to them. Like, you know, they've improved everywhere they have, you know, through the myriad of goaltenders they've been through. You know, Peter Morazic and company. But Because they've won one before, right? 2006? 2006 Stanley Cup, seven-game series Edmonton Oilers. I remember fans. Rob Brindamore was there to raise that cup. Uh, Western Conference, as I mentioned, Calgary, you know, at the top of the program. And then uh, Dallas, a- I- I'll say. But what were you wanted to say oh, about I was, Calgary? I was going to go well, off. Go ahead, man. Hey, man. No. <laughs> hey, you'd, um, you'd guess. You'd guess. Uh, now, Calgary um, was um, – they're always in the playoff picture. Sometimes the wild card will be like third place. but not, First place in the Pacific. That That's special. What the hell? Is this the 1989 Calgary Flames coming with like Lanny McDonald and his mustache? I don't know if the stash – Stash's uh, power is coming back, <laughs> but um, I I feel like they could have potential because it's between I like to be honest. If it's the Western Conference Finals, you, um, you really think Calgary can make a push despite that they're young? Yeah, you know? no, I, I I think so. I think it's between Calgary or um, San Jose for 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 who gets out of the Pacific. You don't maybe see Vegas. Um. I know you've been loving your Vegas Golden Knights. I do, but I want to be realistic. Um, uh-huh. Again, with Eric Carlson. Um, and, and this is the last chancery with this team? Yeah, I think they're like, you know what? We need to get this done. I Because Calgary and San Jose are I, – I really love seeing te- – this is a year to see new teams win. Right. I really – and this is definitely the year of that because um, I really like to see Calgary win or San Jose win. Uh-huh. Um, I also like to see um, well Calgary, especially it helps Canada. They haven't experienced the Stanley Cup in 26 years. The, the whole really? nation of Canada, 1993, Montreal Canadiens were the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. Wasn't like 2015 or 2016 like the first 2016 was the first year since 71 that there were no, no Canadian, Canadian team in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's interesting. I find that really interesting. And- oh Canada, where has our cup gone? Eth? 
<laughs> but maybe Cal- I th- I like Calgary. They they've been a surprise team despite their goaltending changes. I mean James, the real deal, yeah. Neil, Mark Giordano making a huge campaign yeah. for the Norris Trophy. He's really been playing up to his expectations. Now, what's another team from the Western Conference? You th- like what's who I'll do you say, think from the West? Like will it be the Western well, Conference final match? Well, well, ooh, well, we'll save that for the playoffs, Elliot. Okay. But I'll at least end off this segment by. Uh, at least applauding a team that I didn't think had a shot this year, the Arizona Coyotes. They hmm. sit right now third, th- three points out of a playoff spot. Rick Tockett's team, they play just like him. I remember Jeremy Roenick say, they play just like him. They're going to fight. They're going to scrap. They're going to claw. And despite their injuries to Derek Stefan and you know Nick, um, Nicholas Chalmerson and company, they found way- ways to win hockey games. Honestly, I'm happy for the Coyotes fan base. I think they relate to the Panthers fan base. They've been starving for a winner, even though the Coyotes have a longer playoff drought. They haven't been back since my eighth grade year, 2012. So, um, you know, kudos to them. They've been really playing good. And we'll talk to the playoffs in just a moment because we're going to wrap up today with our uh, playoff prediction and maybe teams that we could see in or out. And we're going to wrap up at least talking about the Carolina Hurricanes and the usual fun tradition after the games that they have. Talk is okay, Lowe's about to finish up, folks. 